Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. 2019, it's going to end on a high note as well. And I couldn't think of a better way to, to end it than uh, to have our guest speaker speak this morning. Uh, some of you might know him as Pastor Jordan Chrysley, right here on the front row. You guys give him a hand clap. It's, he's got the whole family with him, right? I know, I know his wife Stevie is with him as well. They traveled uh, with their whole family, all three kids with them, traveled in from uh, Amarillo uh, for the holidays, and we're, we're blessed to have him here this morning. And uh, Pastor Jordan, uh, I first knew Jordan uh, a long time ago. It's been about a decade ago, which is crazy. I first, I first met Jordan, though, in a prayer meeting, and uh, we were praying together, and I was like, man, this guy's awesome. I, you know, so we, we were both, I, I, I was kind of newer, newer at the church. He was getting connected and plugged in, and so I was getting connected with him, and I got his number, and I didn't know how to spell his last name because his last name is Chrysley, and I can't spell it. And I knew he worked at the fire department, so he was forever in my phone as Jordan Fireman. Every time he would call, I'm like, oh, Jordan Fireman's calling. And, um, and uh, you know, but through the years, I've come to know him. He's a dear friend, a brother in Christ. I know he and his, uh, his wife and his whole family, their heart is to serve God. They, they've served in just about every capacity here within this church. And their, their attitude is always, Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? Lord, I'll, I'll give it to you. I won't hide anything from you. And uh, even to the point where God called him and said, hey, I, I, could, will you move to Amarillo for me? And you know what? At the drop of a hat, he did it. They, they, they plucked their family up. They moved to Amarillo and helped unite our initial two campuses here in Owensboro and Amarillo. And they're doing a great job, by the way. They're such a blessing to us. I know they're such a blessing to Amarillo right now. And uh, you guys are going to get blessed this morning. Would you welcome Pastor Jordan Chrysley this morning? Thank you for being here, brother. Man, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for that honor. Thank you very, very much, guys. Well, bless you guys uh, for that honor. Very much, uh, very much appreciated. Appreciative to that. Thank you so much for being here today. It is so good to be in Kentucky especially after a big win yesterday. Come on. Where's my UK fans at? That was great. That was a great game. It was a great game, and I'm so glad to be in Kentucky to see that win yesterday. Sorry, Louisville fans, if you're in the room. I apologize ahead of time. Had to do that, though, to start off the day right. So it's good to be here. Uh, like Pastor Patrick said, I've been uh, at his church for many years. We had to meet many years ago, and, and just coming back into the doors of this church it was very nostalgic. You know, you come into a place after being gone for a long time, when you walk just back into the building, man, it's just memories and, and, and nostalgia floods you. It's, it feels good to see a lot of you guys and see and connect with some of you guys again. So thank you so much for honoring us and coming up and hugging us. We really, really appreciate you guys very, very much. But uh, I think that nostalgia goes anywhere, right? If you're in a place for a very long time and you walk back into that building, you feel that, right? You feel that. I, I grew up as a Baptist kid. Does anybody in the room have Baptist roots? Raise your hand if you got Baptist roots. Okay. I got some Baptist folk in the room today. That's good. You're going to help me preach today, okay? So we're going to have some fun. But, you know, you walk back into a Baptist church after being gone for years, 
and you, walk, you open those doors and you can see straight to the pulpit, you know where you're at, right? You see those pews, you feel the pews, right? You can even smell the pews, right? There's a smell, right? There's also some amazing things in the back of the pews. There's hymnals, right? Right? Who, who doesn't love a good hymn in here, man? Anybody here love a good hymn? I love a good hymn. And, and you know what? You can put a good hymn with pretty much any situation in life and make it better, right? And I want to do that to start us off today. I want to warm us up right. And so I want to sing some hymns today. Anybody want to sing some hymns? Yeah? We got some hymns uh, I want to sing with you guys today. And, you know, in this season, we've been, we've been indulging We've been, we've been uh, watching probably our favorite Christmas movies over and over again. And sometimes we just need to return our focus on Jesus. And the hymn I want to put with this one is, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Come on, you guys are way better than 930. Thank you so much. Okay, I got another one. We got some people still going up here. Uh, it's my dad. Go figure. Uh, so, so I got a couple other I want to share with you guys today. That's one. Now, this next one is when God's been so, so good to you. God's faithful, right, church? He's faithful. And so let's sing this one. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. You got to sing with me, bro. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Come on, give yourself a hand clap, church. All right. This next one, whenever you need some comfort in your life, right? You need to feel some comfort, right? I can just hear my grandma singing this one, and she's actually on the front row today. Grandma Patsy's here. She's 88. Give her a hand clap. She says she's going to make it to 100. I'm believing with you, Grandma. And she would sing this one all the time. Oh, you're you going to sing, Grandma? You can sing with me. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's, oh, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. That's okay, Grandma. Give her a hand clap, guys. I love you, Grandma. That's awesome. Didn't plan that. There she is. She's a real ham. She's a real ham, that one. I didn't plan that, church, but that's awesome. We love you, Grandma. I honor you. Uh, the next one here, I want to sing. This is going to be the last one today, guys. Uh, this, is, this is actually what we're going to circle our preaching around today. Okay, guys? And this is going to help sculpt the Word of God today. It's one of my favorite hymns. Uh, but you guys, I'm sure a lot of you guys know this one's Count Your Blessings, right? So sing it with me. Count your blessings, count them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Come on, give yourself a hand clap, church. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> We're having some fun this morning. That's what, that's what church is all about. We're going to have some fun here and worship Jesus today. But listen, this scripture, this is, this is a great hymn, okay, guys? Because it can remind us to count the blessings in a season when we need to find blessings, right? Right now we're in kind of a feast season. We've been eating a lot. We've been hanging out with friends and families. We've been giving gifts. We've been receiving gifts. It's easy in a time like now to be grateful. Am I right, church? But this scripture, I'm sorry, this hymn can help us to remember our gratitude in this season. 
And I believe, I want to give you some points today. I believe there's some things that are going to help you guys take gratitude into the next season. Because how many of you guys know we're going to be fasting in like two weeks? And we're going to need to remember how we are grateful for what God has blessed, blessed us with. Not just monetary things, not just tangible things, but all kinds of blessing from God. We need to remember and count our blessings every chance we get. And in this season, it's so very important to impact our gratitude. Everybody just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm grateful. I want to help, <clears throat> I want to help give you guys about four different points today. So if you're taking notes today, please write these down. I think they're going to help you. They're going to help grow you in the next season of life. And the first point is this. Counting your blessings protects you from a bad attitude. Counting your blessings protects you from a bad attitude. Isn't it so easy to focus on the negative in life? I mean, in our day-to-day, -day, we're bombarded by negative story after negative story, negative article after negative article. And even in our conversations with each other, we can pick up on the negative statement. So much so that we've even created things uh, to curb that, like the compliment sandwich. Has anyone ever heard of the compliment sandwich out there, right? Let me educate you if you haven't heard about the compliment sandwich. It's if you're trying to get something negative across to somebody, what you do is you place a very positive statement right before it. You throw that out there, you sprinkle on the negative news, and then you top it off with something nice at the very end. Thus, you have the compliment sandwich. Let me give you an example here. I gotta find Chris Geary's in the room right here. I'm gonna, Chris, I'm gonna pick on you, okay? Chris Geary, man, you look like you've been working out. You're getting a little swole up top. I like it. Beard's a bit scruffy. Did you get new shoes? Did you see how that works, guys? You compliment sandwich that thing, and the beard scruff kind of just kind of just goes in one ear and out the other. But this is a completely hypothetical statement because beard scruff is totally in. Am I right? It's totally trending right now. If you guys, if you got beard scruff, you look good. You look good right now. But Pat, uh, Chris could leave this situation. And he could still pick up on the negative thing that I said. I say this to illustrate that point. He could go home and say, Pastor Jordan does not like my beard scruff. What is up with that, right? I talked about his muscles. I talked about his possible new shoes. But he picked up on the negative statement. So easy to do in this day and age. And this is exactly what we do in our life. We pick up on the one piece of bad news. No matter how much you've sprinkled it with good information, I feel like sometimes you have to put 10 blessings and 10 positive things with every negative statement to outweigh the other things, right? And so in the case of being grateful, we may have to put 10 blessings in next to one negative thing in our life just to wash it away. That's tough to do, right? Some of you might say, Pastor Dord, I don't have 10 blessings to put with all the negative things in my life, let alone one, right? I don't have that many things. But I want you to know, church, today, you do. You've got great things in your life. You've got great things that God's blessed you with. Man, from the top to the bottom, God has poured out his spirit upon you. God has blessed us with his son, Jesus Christ. And sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes all we have to do is just lean our head a little bit to the right. And we can see all the trees and all the blessing God's put on our life. That we have a job, that we work with our hands, that we get up out of bed every day, that we have a home, a roof over our head, and that our bellies are full. Can I get an amen, church? God is good. He's blessed us, church. He's a good God. Now listen, this is crazy, though. We think about this like this all the time. And what we need to do is we need to start to develop a new sight. We need to see things differently. We need to see them with God's eyes. And this leads me to my second point. And if you're taking notes, please write this down. Note takers are world changers. It's this. We need to meditate on what's good and not medicate what's wrong. I'll say it again. We need to meditate on what's good and not medicate what's wrong. See, I'm the type of guy that if I have a pain in my body, I don't want to take ibuprofen for two years. 
I want to figure out exactly what's going on. Say it's my left knee. I've got pain in my left knee. I want to go to the doctor. I want to figure out if I need some physical therapist to come in and work that joint and figure out exactly what's going on so I don't have to baby the symptom or medicate the system for the rest of my life. You know, when it comes to bad news or when it comes to ungratefulness, I think a lot of times instead of getting to the core of the problem, we start to medicate the symptom. We just talk about it, right? With no solution in mind, we just talk about the issue. But what we need to do is we start to change our focus from the issue and start to focus on the goodness of God and we can see a shift in our mindset. We can see a shift in our focus. We can start to see things in a new light. What it is, it's a biblical understanding of our keynote scripture today it comes from Philippians chapter four, verse eight. This is one of my life scriptures. And I love this scripture so much, I'm gonna read it to you guys. It says this, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I wanna read this scripture again because it's so impactful. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When we begin to meditate on what's good, we start to see everything in our life as a blessing. Starting to take James chapter one into account here, it says this, count it all joy when you face various trial and temptation, God's perfecting a patience in you, right? James even saw that trials and temptations can be good things in your life. That suffering and tough times in your life can be things that God turns for good. Romans chapter eight talks about how God turns all bad to good for those who love him. You might see a situation as a negative in your life, but I'm telling you, church, there's blessing behind every single door when it comes to God Almighty. He loves you and he wants to bless you. He wants to pour this out on you. And you know, we see this maximized in our children, don't we? We see ungratefulness maximized in our children. I got a seven-year-old and down, uh, seven, five, and three, and I'm starting to see this more often than not. Ungratefulness start to rise up. It's ungrateful to start. A lot of you guys have kids and you've had kids and you grew up, uh, your kids may be grown now, but you've probably experienced this. A lot of you who have kids have probably experienced this in the last week. You give your child a gift, they open it, they look at you and say, I wanted something else. That happens, right? Now, I, I may get a bit negative here for a second. Uh, nothing flies all over me more like my children behaving ungratefully. I wanna, I wanna teach them how to be grateful, right? Kids can be the source of great frustration sometimes, but they can also be the source of great joy. Well, just the other morning, my youngest, Forrest, he woke up, uh, we're all right now staying at my mother's house, we're staying in one room, it's been great, it's been awesome. Uh, we're staying in one room, and my boy, thank you, mother, thank you for putting this up, I appreciate you. Uh, we've been staying in one room, but my boy hovers over top of my, my wife Stevie's face, and, I, and everybody's asleep except for me and the boy. She's kind of waking up. He grabs her face, looks at her, and says, I want chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's the first thing he said in the morning. That brought me some joy, right? The, later that night, my daughter does something similar to bring me joy. She's headed to her cousin's house. She loves her cousin, and uh, she says, hey, Pop, you know, how much, you know how, much, how I know how much I love my cousin Eva? Well, it's because every time I think about her, my heart pumps, and I thought, oh, that just brings me so much joy to think about that. Kids are the source of great joy, aren't they? They can also be the source of great frustration. I've got my boy, my youngest, Forrest, uh, uh, at Christmas the other night. And he's opening up gifts, opening up gifts. And this is where I see that ungrateful spirit, that ungrateful heart that's just born in us. It's innate. I see it happen time and time again. He'll open a gift up. He'll look up and say, I want another. He'll open another gift up. He'll look up. I want another. 
He'll open another up, gift up, say, I want another. Before long, his cousin Silas looks at him and he goes, me too. So he's not just training. He's not just training his own spirit. He's training somebody else, right? He's gotten to cahoots with somebody else. But this ungrateful heart, we see it time and time again, these kids, man, even adults. And so I'm being ungrateful right now myself, right? Because I do the same thing to God. I do the same thing to God. It may not be something that's spoken out, but I'm ungrateful in my heart from time to time. I'm ungrateful for great situations in my life that I could, should, could and should see as blessing in my life, right? right? But at the same time, my children are still taken care of. I need to be grateful that they have a roof over their head. They have their bellies full. They have good schooling, and they have darn good parents, right? I need to be grateful for all. I'm just kidding. Uh, not really. Uh, I want to be grateful they have all of those good things, right? I want to be grateful for that. And it's, it's, the thing is, it's, it's up to me. I'm responsible for teaching them the goodness of God. I'm responsible for teaching them how to be grateful. And so I've started to really take this, this, this concept of counting your blessings quite literally. And in their, in their case, uh, I want them to count their blessings. I want to, to, to come up with a literal account for their blessings. So when they're behaving ungratefully, used to, I would say, you're just being ungrateful. But then I realized all of my children under seven don't even know what that word means. So I thought maybe I need to start teaching them. And so I would say this to them. I'd say, hey, hey, how about you tell me five things that you're grateful for? They're getting ungrateful. Tell me five things. What I have them doing is actual literal account for their blessing in their life. And they start to say that out loud. The first one's pretty tough, right? By number two, the sour look starts to soften on their face. Number three and number four pass along and they're smiling again. They're cute again, right? And then number five comes along and guess what? They've completely forgotten about why they were ungrateful in the first place. Do you know this works with adults too? When we start to focus on the pure, when we start to focus on the noble, when we start to focus on the praiseworthy, it starts to shift our minds, to, it starts to change how we think, puts us back on the right track, gets us away from a negative mindset. It's such a wonderful thing when we see this. You know, like I said, I can get pretty literal when it comes to this type of thing, right? And so just as it's important to budget your funds, I believe it's just as important to budget your blessings to just write down in an account the goodness of God and exactly what he's done for each and every one of us. And I'll do this. Literally, I have my account. I have a book that I go and write all my blessings in. I write the date next to exactly what God did for me. And it doesn't have to be monetary, church. Because guess what? Most of the time, the blessing God pours in your life is not monetary. It's not even tangible. It's blessing. It's health. It's peace in your heart. It's these type of things. But there are things that are monetary. Maybe somebody provided a meal for you. Maybe somebody helped uh, pay for a missions trip that you're going on. These are all blessings of God. I call anything that comes into my lap that's over and above my income, I call it found money. Found money. Stuff that I didn't earn. Stuff that was just given to me. Stuff that God blessed me with. And at the end of the year, I always love to go back. And I always love to flip through the pages of the blessing that happened in my life. This guy was healed. That prophecy came to pass. Somebody blessed me with a meal. Somebody blessed me with a trip to Israel. All of these different things I can look at. And I love to go back into account, even the numbers. I want you to know, church, it's not about a number, right? It's not about a number. And I don't stand up here to say this to brag on the favor of God in my life. I stand up here to say this to brag on our God, church, because he's good. He's mighty. He's holy. Can we give him a hand clap? Because he blesses us with all good things. Even when you think it's not a blessing, I tell you, church, God will turn it to a blessing. He'll make it a blessing in your life. 
And so I began to do this about eight years ago. I'm up on the eighth year now. And so I go back from time to time and I count all those numbers. I look at them. I mean, every single, if someone gives me a dollar, I'll write it down. And so at the end of the year, I've got this huge list of blessings and I'll look at it. And the first year that we did this, Stevie and I, just to give you guys uh, some measurement to this because we're people, right? We measure things in amounts, right? All right, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. We measure things in amounts. And so the first year that we did this, I saw $16,000 over and above our income. The next year that we did this, $18,000. The next year that we did this, uh, we saw $21,000. The next year, $22,000. The next year, $24,000 that came into our life. This wasn't money that I earned or worked for. This was money that God put upon me. That's not even to mention all of the spiritual blessing, all of the revelation, all of the goodness of God that he poured out upon me, all the friendships that were grown that he poured out. I can't even put that into an amount, church. It can't happen. So I want you, amen. I tell you what, I want you to know, guys, today, God wants to do this in your life. He wants to show you, and he wants to show you an account after every single year of what exactly you may have been missing of the goodness of God. Sometimes we just let it go. It comes in one ear and out the other. The blessing shows up and we let it go and we don't account for it. And then those dry spells, those seasons where we need God the most, we can look back to those accounts and we can see what God has done in our life. It changes the thing, completely changes the thing. I cannot wait to add up the next year. When you account for blessing, you're protecting your gratitude. Sometimes I've been guilty of falling into tough seasons. I've been guilty of falling into storms and I've got my focus shifted off the positive and the good things that God's blessed me with and I start focusing on the negative in my life. I need help. I need to go back and look at those pages, those many, many pages and just see what God has, has done for me, how he showed up for me because a lot of times when I start to do that, whatever problem's big, whatever problem's small, they just begin to melt away. It's not even an issue anymore when you look at the goodness of God in your life. Now, you, you, may, not, you may not think about this, but the Israelites, they, they had the same mindset that we do. They were forgetful, right? I think if the Israelites uh, had an account, they might not have spent 40 years in the desert. Oh, wait, they did. Moses wrote it down. I bet you if they looked at that account, if they studied that account, if they realized that God had split the Red Sea right before them and they didn't forget about the glory of God, they wouldn't have spent 40 years in the desert. I bet you if they looked back and wrote down literal bread fell from heaven, that we wouldn't have been spending 40 years in the desert. I bet you they looked back and said, you know what, God has blessed us against the hand of the Egyptians. He didn't cause my firstborn to die. He didn't cause all the pestilence and all the lice and the things to come against me. He blessed me if they'd look back and remembered the things that God had done, instead of grumbling, complaining, and backbiting, I bet you they wouldn't have spent 40 years in the desert. We can look back at that account and just kind of match it up with our lives. It's an amazing thing. But you know, you might not feel like you're ungrateful, but I got a few questions to ask yourselves. I like to ask myself these questions from time to time just to see if I've been on the ungrateful side, right? Sometimes we don't think we're ungrateful because we have everything we need. This is a cush world for us, guys. But we have to ask ourselves these questions just to make sure. The first question I like to ask myself is this. Are you the first one to say something negative? Are you the first one to say something negative? If this is the case, you may have an ungrateful heart. Now, obviously, there's concerns that need to be aired and things that need to come out, right? But if it's the constant MO of your life, you might need to switch it up a little bit. The next question is this. Are you a magnet for others' dirty laundry? Are you a magnet for others' dirty laundry? Do they understand that about you? They can bring this stuff to you because you, you're okay with that. This next question has a relate, can relate to that. 
Do, you bring neg- uh, do people bring negativity to you because you sympathize or because you agree with ungratefulness? Do people bring it to you because you sympathize or agree with ungratefulness? You may have an ungrateful heart if this is coming to you often. It's always worth a second look just to see how, 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 how much, man, how much more could we glorify God if we did the opposite of those questions? How much more could we glorify God in our daily walk? Just living out a life, a blessed life, and showing people that we are blessed no matter what situation happens in our life, no matter what comes against us, how much more could we glorify God? How much more could God do through us? How much more could other people be impacted by this goodness? You see, church, it's not just about us. It's about other people when it comes to this. That brings me to my next point. This is one of my favorite points of this preaching is this, that your blessings aren't just your blessings. Your blessings are everybody's blessings. Your blessings are every single person in your life. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap for that. They're not just yours. They're everybody's church. Um, you know, earlier I was talking about how uh, we blessed, uh, God blessed us, and at the end of the year, we go back, we add it up. Uh, and I cannot wait to add up the next year's blessing. You know, when I was writing that phrase, preparing this message, I was literally typing, I can't wait to add up next year's blessing. This is how I know God confirmed this for me, this revelation. This is how I know he confirmed it for me. I'm literally typing the words, I cannot wait to add up the next year. Right before I type that word year, I get a phone call. My wife's on the other line, my wife's Stevie. Y'all give her a hand clap, she's amazing, I love her. She keeps me aligned, she does all that, thank you, honey. Uh, so this is how I know that God's confirmed this teaching, this revelation in my heart. And this is why I wanted to share it with you today is because as I was typing this very message, as I was typing that very statement, she calls me. She says, uh, we had just experienced uh, an issue where I had to go to the emergency room. Uh, it was a stress-induced deal. It wasn't even a big deal. The doctor sent me home kind of laughing at me, actually. So I was thankful for that, right? But I felt like something bad was happening, right? So I went in. God, God had taken care of me there. But how many of you guys know the hospital bills start to roll in, Right? And uh, we got a pretty substantial hospital bill. Insurance didn't even touch it. And so we, we had to take care of most, uh, if not all of that bill ourselves. We decided, okay, let's put together a plan. Let's go ahead and make a payment plan or ask the hospital if they'll take a payment plan. So Stevie calls to see this through. And this call was her calling me back to make me aware that when she called the hospital, they said, you don't need to pay your bill. It's been paid in full. There's no bill. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that church. God's good. This is, a, this is a very powerful timing. Am I right, church? I'm literally typing this statement. And God is concreting this understanding, not just for me, but for you. Because you see, whenever you talk about your blessings, whenever you testify to God, hope starts to rise in the room. Do you feel the hope right now? starts to well up in the room. Things start to change in your heart. You can believe God for bigger things. You can believe God just for something if you've never believed God for something before. God starts to move in the hearts of men whenever hope and testimony start to pass by. You see, there's a scripture that says, they'll overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Blood of the lamb is right next to word of your testimony. Blood of the lamb, the only thing that saves us from sin, the only thing that covers us and washes us clean of sin so that we can have a righteous relationship with God is right next to the word of your testimony. That's how important your blessings are to somebody else. It can change their life. It can pull them out of neutral and put them into forward gear. Church, it's not just about you when it comes to blessing. It's about somebody else. Your testimony can change their life. I think of this, and I think of the Bible, and I think of men who've done this in the word of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
Can you think just for one minute if they decided it wasn't important to account for blessing? No synoptic gospels, gone. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write those accounts. Luke even wrote it to a man named Theopolis. He said, I see it as important to write a consecutive account of what happened, O Theopolis. He was preparing this for someone to see the blessing of God through Christ Jesus. I don't want you to get it twisted, church. The blessing of God is not just monetary. It's not just things in your life. The absolute best blessing we ever received was Christ Jesus, our Savior. And we can rejoice in that. If someone cuts our arm off, we can rejoice in Jesus. If someone cuts our leg off, we can rejoice in Jesus. If someone takes our family away from us, we can rejoice in Jesus. It's the greatest blessing we ever had. And I could just, I could fill up a book one sentence after another with God blessed me with Jesus. God blessed me with Jesus. If you have nothing else to be thankful for, God blessed me with Jesus. God blessed me with Jesus. Church, this brings me to my next point because we're praising God right now. It says this. It says, uh, when you account for your blessing, you're participating in praise. When you account for your blessing, you're participating in praise. It's not a simple thing when you say, God did this for me. You're actually praising God. Literally, what we were born to do in our lives were to praise God Almighty. And every time you come into this building and you lift up holy hands during worship, you are responding in praise to the blessings of God in your life, from the best one, Jesus Christ, to all the ones that follow, because you know Jesus Christ. It's all about the blessing and praising God for the blessing in your life. I want you to know this, church, Today, whenever you account for your blessings, you're participating in praise. You were literally born to praise. When you come in here on Sunday, you are practicing for heaven. And I want to read you this. This is actually written in Psalms 1, uh, 65, 1, all the way through that chapter. I want to read the entire chapter to you guys. But it's one of the psalmists writing praise. And this is going to get us into a spirit of praise. I want to go into a spirit of praise here in just one second. So I'm going to read this. And then I want to pray for you, church. Psalm 65, 1 says this, What mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Though, that we, though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts. What festivities await us inside your holy temples, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains with your power. You armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the end of the earth stand in all of your wonders. From where the sun rises and to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and you water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods, leveling the ridges. The ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest 
Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The grasslands and the wilderness becomes a lush pasture and the hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. The psalmist knew this and he wrote it down, the praises of God. Church, I wanna pray for you. Would you stand on your feet while I pray for you? Father God, I thank you so much for your blessing, the ultimate blessing of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, Father God, from whom all blessings flow. Father, we praise you for that today. And now we bless you, Father God, because of the blessing in our life, because of Christ and everything that follows, we bless you in this place now. With lifted hands, with shouts of, with shouts of praise, with shouts of joy, we praise you today, Father God. With clapping and singing, we shout to you and we thank you today. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we praise you. We love you in Jesus' name. Church, let's praise the Lord.